Every aspect of your e-commerce business impacts customer experience. From advertising and packaging, to product functionality, website usability, and even reliability. Your long-term growth and profitability will hinge on your ability to deliver the best experience for your buyers. And this podcast will show you how. Tune in monthly for actionable and insightful discussions with the brightest minds at the intersection of e-commerce and customer experience. Welcome to the e-commerce customer experience podcast presented by Digital Genius. I'm your host, Chris Kellner. Hello and welcome to another episode of the e-commerce customer experience podcast. Last time around, we had Gus Imhoff on the podcast talking about how to balance customer and organizational needs. Today, I'm pleased to be talking with Thomas Stroudet. Thomas is currently the head of customer engagement at AirUp. AirUp calls itself the revolutionary new way of drinking. Based on science and German engineered, AirUp helps buzz and delight your brain, all whilst maintaining your health, a wide variety of flavors for your water powered only by scent. That's a bit of a mouthful, but I hope I got, got that across. Thomas has more than 10 years of experience working in customer support before working at AirUp. He held roles at Mila, MediaMark, Saroop, and Swisscom. Welcome to our podcast, Thomas. Thomas, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Hey, Chris. And uh, first of all, thank you for having me today. It's an honor to be here. And yes, I'm Thomas. I'm the head of customer engagement at As you mentioned already, I've been with Arab since two and a half years now. Before in my roles, I've been working as product manager, UX uh, designer, as you mentioned, for Swisscom or also for Syrup, an online marketplace that we launched in Switzerland, always uh, with focus to customer-centric topics. Nice. And before anything else, Thomas, could you first kind of tell our audience, you know, what do you see as, as the qualities of a good customer experience leader? Well, great question. Quality is, I think, it's important to not only be there for the customer and have an open eye and understand the customer demands and figure out what they want, but it's also like, as a leader, you're responsible for a team and you need to build a bridge between the team and the customer, meaning like transparency, honesty, 360, you need to understand the business, you need to understand your team, you need to set them in a place that they feel comfortable to work and uh, I think these are main points that I try at least to deal with every day and being a good leader for my team. I really like that. It's actually something, not something we've heard before. And Thomas, you've obviously done a, a few different things in your career. You know, what, what made you embark on your kind of maybe your most recent journey to decide to work in customer experience? Actually, this happens a little by accident. As you saw, I started uh, from product management, always focused on user experiencing, uh, user experience building products for customers directly and then i had a service product i developed for swisscom a time ago and this service product was a paid service and this like was my my first transition towards a more customer engagement customer service facing role because like you ultimately got in contact with the customers that reached out to you and had complaints and wanted to know technical things and there it triggered me a little bit and this was then also for me when i when i joined syrup the online marketplace the point where I said like, hey, this is somewhere also where I feel my passion, not meaning that product management UX design is not interesting at all, but I felt like this is the this is the area I feel quite comfortable with. And from there, I just took the wave and, and went ahead. That's very cool. How did you get involved with AirUp? 
Arab came by accident. So I knew people from Arab that worked at Syrup former time. So we never got or, or lost contact. So this was quite a thing. So we dated up each other after, after the marketplace was shut down in Switzerland. So we kept in touch. And then when the right moment came, I, I suddenly received a phone call and was like, hey, could you imagine to join Arab? It's a fancy startup. It sounds like something really, really changing, like a rebel character. And I said like, hey, wow, this is a no-brainer. And I, I would love to join, of course, this special product. Nice. And, and, and what would you, you know, I'm sure you'll do a much better job than I will. Can you tell our audience a little bit more about, you know, about what Arab does? Yeah, actually, Arab is the world's first refillable drinking system that flavors water just by scent. And when I heard this at the beginning, it sounds like, wow, what does it mean? So this is really, really strange. But taking a step back, you, you think like when it's about taste, many of us still assume that's something that we sense with our tongues, right? But in reality, the tongue is only responsible for a portion of our taste experience. So this means the majority of taste actually comes from our olfactory receptors. And this is actually where the brain ultimately interprets the scent as a flavor. So it's very technology and very much science, but this is called retronasal olfaction. And it essentially means the tasting through your senses of smell. And the thing was, like knowing this, our two founders, Lena and Tim, took this knowledge and developed a drinking system out of it. So this means like they invented a bottle and this bottle is like, it's a standard drinking bottle, but it has a straw and on top it has a mouthpiece where you can put a pot on. And this pot contains an aroma. This can be anything. This is peach, this can be iced coffee, this can be cherries, white berries, whatever you like. And it works like this. When you're sipping through it on the straw and the water uh, comes to your mouth, it's not only the water, it's also taking a little air with it through the straw. And this air circulates in the pot and takes along the flavors out of this pot along. And then at the same time, water and air comes into your mouth. And then exactly this effect of this retronasal olfaction is happening, right? So you, you're smelling a slightly flavored water but the magic is you're drinking plain tap water and you still have this slightly feeling of taste and i remember the day when i got my first air bottle it was at my home and it was the peach pot i put on it and uh, it was deactivated so i sipped on it and it was like mm, okay it's water it's it's nice but then i activated the pot and suddenly you drink you know you're drinking the same thing out of nothing, you have kind of a, a peach taste. And this was like so mind-blowing. And I was like, wow, this is the thing. And as I always been working on a digital product side before, never with a physical product, this was like for me the, the no-brainer, right? So I need to do this. Yeah, and I can say as, as a consumer and a, to air up myself, the taste is, is phenomenal. And I think as a, maybe from my own personal experience, and this is a very, very simplistic way, but I'm sure that a lot of people say the same, you know, water, we should drink lots of water, but water does not, does not taste of anything. And think of your favorite drink, turn it into water. And that's, you know, one way to maybe think of, think of, think of error. And it's cool that you're saying it, but what is important is usually like you do not get a juice, right? And you do not get a Coke, right? It's like really a flavored water. But the moment when you realize that you're just drinking water and it's totally healthy, of course, then it's the, that's the thing, isn't it? 
Yeah, indeed. And what would you say, you know, Airop has, has been on an amazing growth story over the last few years. How has the company grown so fast? Also, this is like, I think, thanks to great leadership in here, this had quite a lot also structures that we set in place. So uh, looking back, uh, Arab started in summer 2019 in Europe. So we launched Germany and Austria as our first countries. And at this time, it's like been five people. And uh, within those two and a half, three years, we grew to 300 people now uh, operating in over 10 countries. And summer, we launched the US. So it's been like, of course, obviously a great product fit out in the market topics that were interesting generation Z and generation y as well and obviously we hit something out there that people like wanted to have and then it was like a great team afford great great teamwork that we said like okay what is needed what is essential that we need to grow this company carefully and really like also in a very balanced level and then we just did it so how have you found it? Obviously, when I don't know how many people were there when you joined the company. I joined in summer 2020. It's been around 50, 60 people at the company already. And also like my team, I took over or like when I uh, took over the customer engagement department, we had one email address and we have been four people working on this email address and answering messages. Also, we had the, the Facebook and Instagram channel open, of course, at this time. This was also a very, very cool chance to start on a green field right nothing was there we knew this could be everything and then you needed to have kind of a strategy you needed to bring in kind of a like structure what are the tools uh, that you need what are the channels that you want to cover what is your target audience what do you need to uh, take into consideration how do you need to build a team that you can serve all those demands and then build it scalable hashtag automation all those things right smart solutions to look back to customer feedback when needed and like when i came there it was like a big mess not a big mess but like chaotic startup wise right so many things that you that you potentially could start and finding the right point to kick it in i think this was also one of the biggest challenges at this time but great journey and how many people are in the company now? So in the company in total, we have 300 ARPs and my team is around 20, 23 people today. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. That's, that's incredible growth. You know, what have you observed is, as the company, because I think a lot of companies, when they go from, say, 50 people to 300 people, sometimes lose their way. Uh, you know, the, the, the original idea and culture can quickly be lost. You know, how have you found it that, that AirUp has you know, managed to you know, maintain maybe some of its original values whilst, whilst it's kind of got, gone along that journey? I think this was the thing that we took care of the most, I would say. Like, it's really this, this culture. And being aware that every single employee has such an incredible value for the company. This was, I think, the, the most crucial part. So we treated our employees very, very carefully so that they at the end had the chance to grow their teams, that they had the chance to do the best for the customers, that they had the chance to develop it. And like still today, we have like when we hire new people, they all need to kind of fit into our air of values, honesty amongst one and also like trustworthy work, 360, the ability to communicate, all, the, all those things, right, which matters. And I think the thing that was really good for us is like we implemented a, a strong management leadership team at the beginning and gave them the opportunity 
to grow their teams according to the business objectives that we set in place. And there it was like a profound level of knowledge already there. And so this took us probably to the next level. So from my experience, this was like the thing that I was appreciating the most that we really like treated ourselves on eye level as experts we really had the, the right people finance department product management everybody was there who had like a very very profound uh, level of knowledge and we amongst each other had like this really amazing team spirit and i think this needs to happen and this is nothing that is is given this is like something you you get lucky and you have it or you don't i would say the the tricky part for us was especially that we started in a totally remote setup we're still today a remote first company meaning we can work from anywhere from home office from co-working space we also have the chance to go to the office of course but with this setting we managed to build up this company in a total remote setting which is like especially looking on those values on this personal levels yeah even more i would say like the the magic behind it Okay. And, and Thomas, in, in your role, when you think about customer experience, you know, how have you kind of helped prepare the, the business for scale? Yeah. So for me, when I joined, as I mentioned, it's it was like really the email channel was the only thing. So coming up with a clear strategy was the was the most important part for us, setting the structure in place. We evaluated saying like, okay, which channels are needed that we that we manage to get to make our customers happy, which was the ultimate mission, of course. So we decided to start building up a totally self-service journey, implementing FAQs, which has not been there before. So I would say like the customer engagement basics, then also contact form. We went further with implementing a chat and then it was the time like always the ensuring the exchange of information, like the, the information flow within the departments. And I think there we had two big challenges. One challenge was we had no historical data. So for me, it was always the question how to prepare for the unpredictable. So meaning like we needed to somehow get the information, contact reasons from the customers uh, to develop our product in a customer-centric way. So this was like key number one and challenge number one. And second thing I would say like was really like finding the smart spot connecting the customer with us in the company, right? So it's meaning like having the right channels in place for our target audience, Instagram, Facebook, chat, as I mentioned already, this has been like essential. And then this was the beginning and going further, more topics came. And then one of those big topics, especially that was our department at least crucial was, I always call it like balancing hands and technology. So when is the right moment to automate? When is the right moment to bring in technology that helps you scale, AI technology, machine, machine learning, things like this. And this has been the, the greenfield approach I was talking before, because as you know, there are many, many companies outside that offer such great solutions in this field. And then picking the right solution for your company, for your audience was one of the, one of the biggest uh, things too. Interesting. And I want to go just, and I will talk about that a little bit more, but just go back to one of the points you said earlier about developing a product in a customer centric way, because it's what you hear a lot, but in reality, you know, what in your mind, what does that, what does that mean? So this means like when you're launching a new product, especially like now in Arab, um, it's a bottle. We had no clue, of course, like how many how people like it. This was uh, answered pretty early, but then the question is like, hey, what are the things that people wish that we need to improve? So, I mean, 
few people had issues like activating the pot, for example, like they did not get this mechanism that you need to unlock the pot to perceive the flavor. Um, then we had people that came and said like, hey, why is it always those air bubbles there? Yeah, okay, it's part of our technology, right? So collecting this feedback, collecting those insights, bringing them back to the product management that they can take it and then either decide is it something that we need to change on the physical product, is it something that we can solve on a digital product uh, side was crucial for us. And so many things, so many inputs from the customers we played back by collecting those contact reasons, collecting this quality of data, playing it back into the company, making it visible with dashboards so that all the departments around could take this information and then keep on developing not only the product, but also the supply chain, for example, or delivery conditions, carriers, all this stuff. And how do you balance that with introducing automation? So, you know, for a lot of, I guess, younger companies, obviously this information is so valuable, maybe sometimes leans towards a resistance in introducing automation, but at the same time without automation, scared is difficult. So maybe kind of talk through how did you balance developing product in a customer-centric way with introducing automation? Yeah, very good point. I would say like automation need, needs to happen in all the departments at Arab. So, but speaking for my department, it was like crucial, like standard wise, you receive an email, then you somehow evaluate uh, the intent of the customer, you set a tag or a contact reason behind it. And then you need to ensure that you have a tool in place, place this back to the company, right? Ideally it counts it. And then you know, like how many people contact you because your order is delayed or how many people contact you because you have issues with uh, perceiving taste or whatever. And then I had the chance uh, to get in touch with you and Digital Genius. And this was like, for me, mind-blowing thing because already being in front where the customer enters the channel was like the magic part because like having a machine that interprets what the customer wants and extracts it by automatically reporting this back to the company was already like a huge benefit for us. So this was like no human needed to set a tag or contact reason that you have like, like also there is a, is a level of failures that can happen. And by having a machine doing it with a quite good accuracy, of course, required, then you're in a field where already like this manual failures can be avoided. Very, very cool. So this was like uh, check mark number one, I would say. And how did your team react when you kind of introduced the idea of bringing automation into the business? Good question, actually. Like also here, we play very transparent uh, within the company. So I took them, I took my team within all my decisions, explaining exactly what automation, for example, can do. It's not only like detecting intents, but also in a later moment that it starts replying automatically to customer questions. And then like, of course, few people said like yeah but will you need me in the future and the answer was like of course i will need you in the future it's just about like there are many recurring topics that can be solved by automation where's my order why i have no taste whatever you can imagine from e-commerce standard things that you can smartly automate but therefore for sure edge cases where you still need people in the back end that solve those edge cases right so this is like and taking the team along this journey now we're coming back to what you introduced at the beginning having this transparency being a good leader taking them along there was never ever a question mark in in their eyes and so i just been very open to them and they accepted it and now they value really really much the yeah, the positive side effects that we gain thanks to this automation. Nice, nice. I love that. And maybe Thomas, thinking obviously we're 
coming up towards the end of the year now, and I'm sure you've really started to think about 2023 and probably for a business like yours, many years beyond, you know, where would you, you know, what are your kind of major priorities going, looking kind of to the year ahead? Yeah, it's usually like uh, in a company you have those waves, right? So what, what I mean with, with the waves is like there are the moments where it seem to be like the sky is the limit, right? You are in a brainstorming mode, you can do anything. And uh, once you open up the funnel, tons of ideas come in. And then the next wave comes and it's like about focus. So right now we are like after having opened up so much in the past, we're right now in the focus session, meaning like we're taking care of the things that are essential for us finishing building the the basement i always always call it so like we are very on a very good level already with our automation uh, processes now it's about the fine tuning so therefore we need the focus to fine tune the right systems and the right processes within the department and afterwards we will open up again like opening up for new channels opening up or like changing demands on audience side customer side and it's like always on those waves but right now focus is focus and this means like putting the core essential things together. It's really interesting. Maybe moving on to kind of as, as we're slowly running down on time, just kind of a couple of final questions, Thomas. You know, one question we always love to ask everyone who comes on this podcast is, you know, if you had to pick out one brand that you really admire, you know, who would you say it would be and why? Yeah, that's really cool. And usually people name the big brands, Apple and Nike, and you name it. And I really have to be honest, uh, there are two brands that I really admire. One from the whole customer experience and customer engagement part, it's in indeed Nike because they do a tremendous job on finding the customer, taking them along on their on their journey. And it's still inspirational and it's always like very, very customer centric. Every interaction I do have with them is like really you feel home. So this is something for me that I really admire the most. And then of course, looking on the other side of the customer engagement part, community management part, there I have a favorite German company BVG, uh, BVG. This is like the the transportation, public transportation system of Berlin. They're doing tremendously good um, community management out on the social channels, which is always worth a lot. Uh, that's really interesting. It's funny actually with that question. We we really get different different answers and different spectrums of 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 who are brands that you know people really look up to. And Thomas, final question today. You know, for you know people listening who are maybe a little bit earlier on in their career and thinking about growing themselves in kind of customer experience you know what 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 advice would you would you have for them i would say first advice i can only give them is like really really try to listen it's a thing that we miss out a lot the opportunity to listen carefully not only to the customers but also to your teammates listen and really take the messages out of what you listened and this is usually the thing uh, we always predict try to predict a lot what comes and we stop listening at a certain moment because we tried or like we imagine we already know the answers though um, the only thing i can give is like here really listen carefully and then be yourself and take your skills that you have that you own as a person and drive your business 
Perfect. Well, thank you, Thomas, so much for coming on the podcast. It's been amazing to hear your story. It's been amazing to hear the story of AirUp. You know, what I would summarize kind of key takeaways from today, I think, you know, the, being responsible for a team is a really interesting point, one we haven't heard before around every employee being valued and really being transparent and ultimately how to use automation and how to introduce that into a new business where, of course, there might initially be some hesitation. But again, thank you, Thomas, so much. It's been really insightful and, and hopefully we'll have you again soon. Well, it was a big pleasure. Thanks a lot, Chris, and uh, have a good one. Thank you. The e-commerce customer experience podcast is brought to you by Digital Genius. Digital Genius uses cutting-edge AI technology to streamline response times for support tickets. The platform allows for flexible integration into existing systems and control over your processes, while significantly improving key performance metrics. To find out more about Digital Genius and how our intuitive platform combines AI, integrations and workflows to make your customers, team and mailbox happy, head to digitalgenius.com. Also, make sure to search for e-commerce customer experience in Apple Podcasts, Spotify and Google Podcasts or anywhere else podcasts are found. On behalf of the team here at Digital Genius, thank you for listening.